Chapter 19 of A Group of Famous Women. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. A Group of Famous Women by Edith Horton. Chapter 19 Frances E. Willard. 1839 to 1898. There is a woman at the beginning of all great things. Alphonse de la Martin. It was not until 1873 that the vast amount of drunkenness in our country attracted the attention of the women of America. A crusade was formed against it in the West, and this led in 1874 to the foundation of the Women's Christian Temperance Union. Frances Elizabeth Willard was offered the position of president, an honour she then declined, preferring to work in the ranks. But four years later she yielded to the universal demand and accepted the chairmanship of this great movement. This able woman was born at Churchville, very near Rochester, New York, on September the 28th, 1839. Her father, of English descent, was a man of intellectual force, brave, God-fearing. Her mother, a woman of strong religious feeling, great courage, and a fine mental equipment. Frances inherited the best qualities of both parents. When she was two years of age, the family removed to Oberlin, Ohio, and about five years later to Janesville, Wisconsin, then almost a wilderness. Here they lived the simple, hard life of pioneers, Frances was at first taught by her mother and a governess. Afterward, she and her younger sister entered the Northwestern College at Evanston, from which Frances was graduated. Mr. Willard removed to Evanston in order to be near his daughters while they were in college, and in 1858 built a house there. Here, the younger daughter died, and later Mr. Willard. But Frances and her mother continued to make it their home, even after the death of the only son. Frances named it Rest Cottage, and here she returned each year of her busy life to spend two months with the mother whom she had christened St. Courageous. Idleness was an impossibility for Frances Willard. After her graduation, she taught in a little district school, and from 1858 until 1868, continued the work of teaching in various schools and colleges. In 1868, she went to Europe and spent two years in travel and study. Upon her return, she was elected president of the Evanston College for Women, being the first woman in the world to hold such a position. Two years later, when the college became a part of the Northwestern University, Miss Willard became dean of the Women's College, but as some of her views conflicted with those of the president, she soon resigned the position. It was about this time that the women of Ohio began fighting the liquor traffic. To use Mrs. Livermore's words, Frances Willard caught the spirit of the woman's crusade and believed herself called of God to take up the temperance cause as her life work. Everyone, even her mother, opposed her. But feeling herself called to the work, 
she gave to it all her energies of heart and soul. When Miss Willard became president of the Woman's Christian Temperance Union in 1879, the yearly income of the union was only $1,200. The movement was too new and too strange to command much understanding or sympathy from the public. The work so far had been done without system. Frances Willard at once began to put the machinery in order. She organised bodies of workers and lecturers. She instituted relief work and educative centres, and the numbers of these she constantly increased. Perhaps Miss Willard's greatest moral asset was the power of winning followers. Many, many women rallied enthusiastically to her support and helped her to carry out her plans. To zeal and intelligence, she added charming manners and eloquence. As a leader, her ability was marvellous. Love came to her from all sides, because love went out from her to everybody. Her own love of the work was so great that for years she laboured without a salary, for the union had hard struggles to live even after Miss Willard undertook the leadership of it. But with or without salary, never did she spare herself. It is said that during the first two years of her work, she delivered on average one speech a day on temperance and other reforms. She visited every town in the United States of over 10,000 inhabitants, and most of those above 5,000. The next step in Miss Willard's progress was a very great one. No less a thing than the organisation of a world's women's Christian temperance union. Yes, this courageous and enterprising woman actually planned to carry her crusade against strong drink into every corner of the globe. At the Columbian Exposition in Chicago in 1893, she was chosen chairman of the World's Temperance Convention. Meanwhile, Lady Henry Somerset, a charming and brilliant Englishwoman who had been working in her own country to secure the same reforms Miss Willard was pushing forward in America, came to this country. It was her first visit, made, she said, less to see America than to see Miss Willard, and learn from her the principle upon which she had founded the marvellous organisation. These two noble women became devoted friends, and when, in the autumn of 1892, Lady Henry again came to America to attend a national convention at Denver, she persuaded Miss Willard to return with her to England. Our great temperance leader had a fine reception from the English people, and won all hearts by her gentleness and earnestness, as well as by her remarkable gift of oratory. Four years after this, the World's Women's Christian Temperance Union held a convention in London. Every country in the civilised world sent delegates to this meeting, over which Miss Willard and Lady Somerset presided. These indefatigable world workers had secured a petition of seven million names. It encircled the entire hall of the convention and besides lay in large rolls on the platform. This petition asked of all governments to have the sale of intoxicating liquors and of opium restricted. But, in spite of the seven million signatures and an enormous enthusiasm, the sale of liquors and drugs went on as before. 
Yet something was accomplished, a great increase of sympathy in public opinion. In addition to all these activities, Miss Willard was much engaged in literary work. She acted as editor on various papers and magazines. Also, she wrote several books, Nineteen Beautiful Years, Glimpses of Fifty Years, Woman and Temperance, being the best known. When the White Cross and White Shield movements for the promotion of social purity were formed, Miss Willard, as leader, did a glorious work. Under the white flag of the Women's Christian Temperance Union, with its famous motto, For God, for Home and Native Land, she brought together to work as sisters the women of the South and the North. Miss Willard was always dignified, earnest and inspiring, but when talking on the subject so dear to her heart, she grew eloquent. As a presiding officer, justice, tact, grace and quick repartee made her the ideal platform speaker, though perhaps courage may be called her chief characteristic. In later years, although suffering from ill health, she yet kept cheerfully at work and actually presided over the convention of 1897. This, however, proved too great a strain, and on February the 18th, 1898, at the Empire Hotel, New York City, she died. Her body died, but her soul goes marching on. End of chapter 19